0: Log Talk Radio What's up ladies and gentlemen We're going to get this off On the right
1: track To get... The code. It's not about the All right,
0: ladies and gents. It's been a long while since we, well, wrestling radio network as a whole has had a guest. But this dude is, you know, a really cool dude. I heard from the grapevine through an odd eccentric friend of mine. Lord help her. <laughs> Thanks, Jane. But uh, please welcome to the show the young gun the future, star professional wrestling, Chandler Hopkins. What up? So- Hang on one second, there we go What's up, Can we live Can we hear each other, what's up Or, I don't know what's going on Okay Alright I guess we're having technical difficulties on the show I don't know what's going on I pass them through Or not, so I'm just babbling here on dead air. If not, I can always restart the episode, no big deal. Okay. Chandler, what up, man? Can you hear me? What up? Oh, okay, hang on. Never mind. Wrong link. My bad. I guess I gotta specify. So uh, one second. So anyways, what's going on in professional wrestling? Call that link. Call that link. use the while we're on dead air folks we like to welcome you all to uh beyond the tracks we apologize for the technical difficulties going on so uh yeah it's kind of nice here in uh brooklyn it's about 65 degrees All right, cool. We got a number, y'all. So, uh, anyways, please for the like take three, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome to the show the one, the only, the future star of professional wrestling. Though may say one of many. Anyways, okay, cool. We back on track. <laughs> no pun intended. Got limited time with this young man. Please welcome to the show the notorious VJ. No. Billy Gunn, badass Billy Gunn. No, yo, let's please welcome on the real. Please welcome to the show, the Young Gun Chandler Hopkins. Please work. There we go. All right, all right, young man. Can what you up? Hear me? Yes, I
1: can. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Cool, cool, man. Hey, hey. what's up? How are you doing?
0: Ooh, I don't know, man. The weather be like lottery out here in New York. They just throw out numbers: sixty-five one day, thirty-five another. This is crazy. It's just
1: crazy. <laughs> it's just I feel crazy. You, man. It's the same way.
0: Yeah, man. I just, forgive my oddball friend. You know, she—this <laughs> girl I've known since third grade—pointed you out. I'm like, well, okay, hey, cool. When can I see him next for AEW? And uh, I noticed that you've had. Matches, let's see here. I did my homework, so let's see here. Davey Richards, uh let's see
1: here.
0: Mm, ACH, Brian Cage. The names just keep on popping out.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've had a I've been very fortunate to uh be able to wrestle quite a quite a few names over the last probably year and a half, two years and those are some amongst the top of the list, yeah. I mean David Richards, Mike Bennett, Lance Archer, Chris Masters, I've uh, wrestled um Man, Matt uh, Matt Cross, Leo Rush, uh, Trey Miguel here recently. Um, I mean, the list just keeps going on and on and on, and I'm uh, looking forward to keeping that list going and, and checking a lot more names off the list going into the rest of this year as well.
0: I just, okay, so outside of the names list, Zemma said, you know, we talked earlier, and you said that you do well with on the flat questions. So I got to ask you, um, when you first started professional wrestling your professional wrestling career did you have any idea that you would be on the level that you are right now
1: i mean i didn't have any idea that i would be at this level this early but i knew at some point in time i was going to be at this level because this is what i wanted i left everything behind i quit a six-figure job i lost everything i had i moved in with my wrestling coach and i took 100 percent Game focused, laser laser focused into just wrestling, and that's all I did. So I knew at some point in time it was going to happen. I mean, I'm still not even where I want to be at yet. I have so much more to do and so much more to give. But you know, at some point in time, I knew this was going to be a reality. As long as I just kept, you know, working hard for it and and stayed very consistent, I knew that this would be the possibility and the outcome. As long as I just did it long enough.
0: I gotta ask, man, because I ask everybody this question. And for real, a lot of guys give me, like, their written-down answers what I might ask them. That's why I love asking on-the-fly questions. And Right now, you're probably one of my favorite guys, that one of the few that have said, I feel comfortable with on-the-fly. So when you were a kid, <laughs> like, I'll say around grade school, high school, did you really want to be a wrestler or did you have, like, a different career path?
1: Oh, I had a different career path yeah I, uh, I always grew up wanting to play sports but my sport was football that's what I did that's what I loved that was my girlfriend like that that was life was football and um, you know about the time I got done with high school I had gotten a couple of play, uh, scholarships to go play and I chose to go play at Southwestern Oklahoma State University and I was there for about a year and uh, decided that that really wasn't kind of what I wanted to do and um, so a buddy had pointing me in the direction of semi-pro so I could kind of go around the school thing because I didn't really like school that much. I wasn't a big fan of going to school, but I understood like the necessity for it in some, at some point. But So I just took the uh, roundabout route and I played semi-pro for two years to be eligible to go into uh, the NFL draft. And then once I did that, I actually didn't even do the draft. I decided I was going to live a normal life and I went and got a nine to five, which actually turned into more like 24-7 because it was a car salesman um, at a car dealership, and I lived and breathed, you know, just car sales for about five years until wrestling fell back into my lap.
0: That's really – that's what I'm saying. Like, some guys don't their, – their intentions were not professional wrestling, some guys and gals. Um, And they're like, I really didn't want to do wrestling, but it just happened, I guess – you fall into that category. I'm, 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 oh, oh, go ahead.
1: Oh, uh, you sorry. I'm sorry.
0: No, like, I've met a lot of wrestlers that used to be, okay, this is like a really like back backstory and I don't like talking about myself on air, but a lot of people in NXT, when I first started in 2009, we were just a reality show, so like, it just is like, people like, oh, I used to play football, but, you know, wrestling seemed like a nice backdrop or a nice, you know, filler for then. And then 2013, 14 came around, and you meet some people that are like, oh, man, wrestling, all I wanted to do, and I, I was like, is bullshit one word or two. Because wrestling <laughs> is very, it's like very, very hard to get up in the morning after you've taken probably – to 200 back bumps, doing verticals, doing all this gym work, and people don't realize, like, the normal folks, like, oh, I've seen them on uh, a reality show and blah, 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 and they work out. That's not all we do, ladies and gents, right? Even okay. managers have to learn how to fucking talk. So, like, pardon my friends, but, yeah, like, you have to learn how to... You have a minute and 30 seconds to in front of executives say who and what you are, what your backstory is. And the same goes, I'm pretty sure for AEW, what is your character? Where do you come from? And mm-hmm. I saw your character and I'm like, this dude, whether heel or baby face, really gets it because he knows holds. I watched some of your matches like this dude gets the technical aspect. Like, bro, I really think you could adapt in like, no matter what ring you're in whether it be japan in the future whether it be the uk like i really think that you have a grasp or an understanding of what this sport's about and i like it
1: thank you man i, I really appreciate that uh you know i i like to uh test myself and push myself to the limits and just kind of see what i'm capable of doing and i'm okay with doing these on the fly questions because the ring work that i do in a wrestling ring I'm not one of those guys that likes to plan everything out A to Z. Like, I love to walk and talk. I like to have a couple things in mind that someone might do or that I could do. And then I like to go out there and I like to ad-lib. I love to play off of the crowd and just be my natural self because if I go out there with this A to Z match planned and i got to remember everything, right, then I I just can't sit there and be me 100%. I'm I'm sorry, that's everybody. You just can't do it. I want to have Fair. some kind of play around. I want to have some kind of, hey, focus with my crowd and play with the crowd, too. So I like to adapt in those ways. So, yeah, I, I appreciate the notice on that.
0: Yeah, because on the real, live out in the East Coast, and we're very picky bastards, okay? <laughs> and I was telling some of my friends, like, you know, we need to get his ass out East. Why? Because the more you expand out the portfolio, if you can get past our tough critic asses about certain things, so be like... People out near Barclay Center or Madison Square Garden or even the Manhattan Center, which I believe AEW might be going through, may not be, but when they come to the garden, you know, look, I'm telling you, I feel like you would fit anywhere they put you because Cowboy is a character that's been from the dawn of wrestling time. It could be Blackjack mm-hmm. Mulligan. It could be Stan Hansen. But what sets them apart from Chandler Hopkins? I, no, not the answer for you, but like. I just feel like you could adapt no matter where they put you cuz you just said I like being an on the fly guy. Not everybody's a macho man and Ricky the Dragon Steemo who got annoyed with macho <laughs> cuz he like He's like, man, because planning him with Macho was great, but he goes, every day yep. felt like I was studying for an exam, and it's like, you take the fucking joy out of wrestling, and I know this because I've sat in locker rooms before in the Indies, not saying I'm the all-knowing dude, but, like, if you literally look at some guys, some guys are like, buy the book, and that's fine. At least they know their their stuff, but, yo, you, the thing I'm going to talk to you mainly about and this is where I think there's a divide between worker fans. Fans believe they know what wrestlers are about. And wrestlers, some wrestlers know what they think. Uh, they they think they know what fans are. And they what they like and what they dislike. That's a fucking no-no. Like, you cannot mm-hmm. sit there and say, oh, the crowd's going to pop here and this and we do this. I'm like, listening, rolling my eyes going, really? Like... Oh, we're gonna drop kick and powder, blah blah blah, and then we're gonna do rollout, blah blah blah, and I'm gonna do this on the outside. Like you doing too much, man. <laughs> the crowd mm-hmm. does not get engaged with you. We're gonna be dead as dead as all get out. Like I'm telling you, it's really brutal out in the east. Like if you don't do within the first like three minutes of your match, and you plan and chain or you doing whatever, cool, we'll respect that. But if you cannot think outside the box, like some guys. You know, you either have it or you don't. But I want your opinion on something. Do you think it's a mistake to assume fans want Um,
1: something? I don't necessarily think it's a mistake. I think it's just something that wrestlers have been ingrained into their head that they have to do. Like, we have to pop the crowd. We have to plan something big to pop the crowd instead of saying, hey, man, let's go out and put on a great match and let's give this audience something that they want to watch and see instead of, hey, I'm going to plan everything out for you, you know, because you can't necessarily say, okay, I'm going to do A, B, C, and D, and on E the crowd's going to blow up. Not necessarily. I'm sorry. You can, you can say it might possibly happen, and, you know, three times out of ten, it might happen. But, you know, every single time, it's not going to happen. But if you go out there and you have only on your mind what you're supposed to be doing, and that's entertaining as an entertainer, that's what we are. We are entertaining athletes. we got to go out yeah. there and entertain the crowd. But too many people want to focus so much on just the athlete part and leave out the crowd mm-hmm. because then you're just negating half of what the actual wrestling is. Wrestling was built on fans. Without the fans, we don't have anything. If we're not going to entertain and take care of the fans, what do we really have? That's what well, wrestlers that's don't true. see anymore.
0: Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because I had a lot of people like say, "Well, you shouldn't feel this way, or you should." Like, no, oh, look, we're not puppets on a string. We're going to pop because you did some spot in the corner or whatever. Or you decide, oh, I'm going to give the guy a boot here, and he's going to eat it, and the crowd's going to be like, oh, you know. (laughs) On the real, I've seen my fair share of indie wrestling. I've been to big-time wrestling. I've been to close to, wow, okay, this will be this year. I'm going to Dallas for Mania. I've been to Rumble. Yep, I've been to – I went to the Mania at 32. I went to a Mania where, you know, I think like on a big level, like all rest to me, wrestling is wrestling. It's not WWE. It's not AEW. It's wrestling. If you can entertain the crowd and tell a story, that's Mm -hmm. my version of wrestling. If you can tell me a story, whether it be comic relief or whether it be serious match or a Broadway cool. You know, that's, that's the goal, right? Is to get a message across to the fans. Like this is what we wanted you to think. Like, A lot of, I hate, and this is another thing that grates my nerves, I cannot look at wrestling the same way after getting involved through training and all this shit. So I'm sitting there, I can tell you a story, like, I'm sitting there at a show, and this dude literally sitting with his girlfriend, and I, he goes, you know, the babies are with the babies, and the heels are with the heels. I was like, if you're trying to get into her pants, please shut the fuck up and just watch the show because you are really grating on my nerves, dude. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but like when somebody else starts talking wrestling and they use the terms like heel, babyface, work, I don't care as long as they don't fucking ruin it for everybody else. Like, oh, that was a botch. Oh, you can tell that he missed the kick or he didn't, he whiffed him, but they still put on a show for you, did they not? They still, right. you know what I'm saying? They still did the cover one, three, or they had a different thing that you didn't expect. Like, I, I'm i one of those old-fashioned dudes that, like, if I want to watch a wrestling match, I can dissect it. Like, okay, okay, they begin it with a lockup, cool. Why are we doing side headlocks? Is somebody lost? Why is there too many rest holds? Like, I'll sit there and dissect it in my head. And I'm like, okay, I didn't see that coming, or, you know. I will sit there, but then when someone's sitting there like, oh, yeah, he's going to do this, or oh, yeah, she's going to do that, I instantly think of the kid that, you know, when you're seven or eight years old, they're the ones that go, the magician's going to put his hand in the hat, and he's going to give the rabbit a signal, and then that rabbit's (laughs) going to come out based off that signal. Come on!
1: Yeah. Yeah, the ones that got to ruin the whole thing for you. There's there's a lot of people like that now, though. But, I mean, it's just wrestling because there's so many platforms to be able to watch on now. And that's why fans, I think, think that they're in the know now because there's really so much wrestling to watch that if they've watched almost everything that there is or, or just even half of everything that there is, they think they understand what's going on. But in the back, they don't really know what's going on. And that's where we as wrestlers have to continue to keep that divide. We have to continue to keep the divide of, hey, whenever I'm backstage, whenever we're back here we're doing this, when we're not out there you know, you don't know what's going on when we're back here in the back, you shouldn't know what's going on until I tell you what's going on, right? There's so many fans they have access to so many things now and I get it, I mean it's it's the social media era and the internet era of wrestling and it's just blowing up like wildfire and there's little dirt sheets that pop out here with things and there's little spoilers that pop out there with things and you know, my biggest thing is when fans actually read some of these and they believe them and then they wholeheartedly go online and start saying, hey, this is what's going on, this is what's going on, it starts a trend, and that's not even nowhere near the case. But you did something for us in wrestling. You let us know that we deceived you, and that's what we love to do in wrestling. We want, you to make, we want to make you think one thing so that we can pop you with the other thing, right? That's how surprises are done. That's how legitimate big surprises in wrestling are done. But too many people want to talk now. Too many people want to show things to the fans. Too many people want to open up and, you know, not be a performer anymore, but be everyone's buddy-buddy because social social media status is what matters these days instead of your entertainment value.
0: That's what's wrong
1: with wrestling at the moment.
0: Well, the other thing that's wrong with wrestling is, like, too many – some guys are like, this is what wrestling is. No, motherfucker. Wrestling has a lot of interpretations like an art piece does you cannot just say Van Gogh had one range with his painting or with his paintings. You know what I mean? Like my thing is like, you look at, you look at different times, like the Monday night wars and then like the Wednesday night wars. I'm like, really all it was to me was (laughs) the best show ever on earth. Because at one point in time you had WCW and WWE, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, WCW's problem was, okay, let's start bashing, you know, the other promotion, like, I really, it grates on my nerves, I'm like, can't you all, I mean, it's not gonna go away because it's competition, and you have to show your best, like, AEW, yeah. WWE, GCW, all them to me, dude, they're the three modern versions of three companies at the time that were cannot be touched in time periods, but ECW to me, or GCW is the modern-day ECW. WCW kind of with that feel because of Mr. Rhodes. God love Dustin. I love him to death. He's a nice dude. Um, I think they, to me, are like the WCW because obviously you know, Sting's running around, Punk's running around. Yeah. It wasn't that one WCW, but The gist is WWE has always been WWE. They're not going to stop entertaining us in their own version. But my thing, like past like all the like, all the accolades and stuff that go along with a company, I want to know like your personal take on like when you wrestle a guy and you literally like, okay, this felt like a good match. But have you ever worked somebody's ass and been like, I wish this motherfucker would, because we're going to have a chit-chat in the fucking locker room, because I really didn't appreciate what you did to me during this sequence, because you could have hurt my neck, you could have dropped me on my head. Have you ever had moments like that?
1: I mean, I've never had any, like, uh, altercations or anything, but I've had moments where... I've done things with people in the ring who, who said that they could and could they could they do something and then it didn't happen or go off the way it was and it looks dumb. But that's just me getting upset about something not going the way it's supposed to go. Like, I'm very anal in particular about if we say we're going to do something that looking really good and crisp and clean. And uh, to sometimes whenever that goes off, and I, I'm one of those guys that I, I always ask two or three times, too, like, are you sure you can do it? All right, cool. And then we go on and it. hey, are you sure you can do that? All right, cool. If you assure me over and over and over again you can do something, then, yeah, I'm going to get a little pissed off with you. But, you know, I'm never going to come to altercations with anyone. I've, I've had people, you know, actually legit hit me and stuff in wrestling. That's I, I, what it is. We always get hit all the time, but I give it back to them in the ring, and I think that's what's earning our respect in wrestling as well. as I'm not one of those guys who just takes a shit from me either. If you're going to hit me, I'm going to hit you back. And if you're going to get upset about it and hit me again, I'm going to hit you even harder. And we can sit there and throw blows in the ring. I don't care. But afterwards, when we get done and we get back to the back, hey, everything's all said and done. Are you safe? Cool, you're safe. I'm safe. Cool, we're both breathing. Awesome, man. Thanks for the match. Let's go on to the next one. Like, I don't I don't think it's something that, like, people shouldn't be holding grudges about shit that happens in a ring because we're professionals. That, that's my thing. If you got something, if you got a problem with somebody, cool. Handle that outside okay. the ring. Once we step into a ring once we once we step through the curtain. Like we're professionals at that moment. Let's we're here to do do work. Let's get the job done. And then after the match is over, if we have got beef, we have got problem. Cool. We can talk about it. We can step outside if need be. But at the same time, like whenever we're inside that ring, we are professionals. I don't care if I if I hate you, which I don't hate anybody, but just in general, like I don't care if I despise you. I don't want to be around you. I'm going to work with you in a ring because that's the professional thing to do. This is my life. This is my livelihood. This is my career. Like I take this shit serious. So whenever I'm in that ring, I'm going to take care of whoever it is, no matter if I don't like them or not. You want to go down outside of that ring cool. Whatever it be cuz whatever beat at the same point, I don't have to care either because I have a small circle and I keep a small circle for a reason. That's
0: very smart because, you know, Scott Hall Said on an episode of Dark Side of the Ring, he's like, "Well, he goes, we either could wrestle. Like he goes, uh, I was told a long time ago. He said by Chief Jay Strongo you can have a lot, of, either a lot of friends in this business, or you could have a lot of money. You can't have both." And he goes, mm-hmm. "I already had money. I guess I got fortunate and blessed. I had friends." And then he also said something very interesting during the Montreal Screwjob episode, Dark Side of the Ring. He said, you don't wrestle your way all the way to get to the middle. No, he's like, you going to wrestle me? Oh, you you going to have dinner with me or you want to wrestle me? Oh, you want to wrestle me? Cool. You don't ever wrestle to get to the middle. You always wrestle to get to the top of that mountain. And Mm -hmm. I always find it interesting when... I met you know, I've met him a couple of times when I was in NXT, I met, you know, guys like Byron Saxon and Matt Bloom and all them and they say the same thing. You never wrestle to get yourself to just a mid card or just, you know, one spot on the card. You always wanna get yourself noticed. So you gotta come up with something and some guys, you know, are like, Oh man, I gotta be over the top, man, this is gonna be great. I can tell you like From what I just heard, dude, you're going to be in this for a very, very long time. Because the attitude is, I don't hold grudges. I respect people, even though I may not get along with them on a certain level. But when you go step through that curtain, you're right. Wrestling is a very sacred sport that most people just, you know, oh, that fake shit or, oh, you know, I used to watch it when I was a kid. Doesn't fucking matter. If you're employed by whomever. And you walk out that curtain, you walk in through the curtain like, okay, you you pass on down from Gorilla Monsoon, Ric Flair, Vader, all the names that have gone through that curtain. Did they not like mm-hmm. working with certain people? Sure. But like you said, you have to maintain a sense of professionalism in this life, in this business. Because if you don't, who we social media kind of spreads that out real quick. And you, see, yeah. I see it all the time, man. It's kind of funny.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's one thing, too, is, like, I mean, I'm not I'm not just being this way just to be this way. Like, this is how I was raised, right? Like, I was always taught just to, here in the South. I'm from Texas. Like, we respect everyone. We treat everyone with the same kind of kindness that we want them to treat us with, you know? And if some, for some reason someone does not treat me that way, cool. I'll give you the exact same energy or the exact same treatment back to you, you know? I'm not going to sit here and you know be little people I'm not going to sit here and you know say I'm better than anyone or everyone you know I know what I'm worth I know my value I know what I'm cool and capable of doing and I know who I am as a person and that's what I take into every single locker room you know I'm respectful I shake hands I say hello I yes ma'am no ma'am thank you sir yes please like that's who I am I'm not doing it just to like show that like I'm you know the new guy in a locker room or whatever like that's just me that's who I am I think that's what makes me stand out a little bit to most people is not a whole lot of people are like that anymore. And, you know, it, it is it is what it is. I'm going to go in there and I'm just going to show people exactly who I am. And that's what I've been doing for the past couple of years. And it's, it's earned me a, a lot of, you know, TV time here lately, especially with AEW. They've been giving me a lot of chances and opportunities to be there with them. And they, I thank them every single day. Thank you, Tony, Tony Khan, for signing some checks for me. Like, I appreciate it, man. It's been a great deal and just learning process to be there. It's opened up a lot of doors in the Indies for me. I mean, I've gotten to be in matches with people that I've never even were thought to be wrestling in, in a five-year career. Like, I wrestled Buddy Matthews three or four months ago. Like, that's freaking wow. ridiculously crazy to me. So, wow. it's just been a, it's been a wild ride, man. I, I look forward to many, many more years of it.
0: You need to get yourself a happy... Cowboy-loving ass out here in the East Coast, man. For real.
1: I'll be in Pittsburgh Saturday,
0: brother. Oh, no, dog. Pittsburgh is boring as shit. I'm talking about the real East Coast. (laughs) Boston, New York. I ain't care. I'm sorry, Mr. Steeler, country, whatever. I don't care for the Giants. I don't care for the Bills. I will throw this in there. I know. A little special somebody's listening. I love you, Granny Holker, my dearest. Ooh. I love you.
1: do yes.
0: yes, Granny is listening and I'm wondering, you know, yes, Granny was like, Oh, Chandler's great you know. I would here's the thing with Granny. I always give her shit because I know she's a Chiefs fan. Well, yours truly <laughs> like yours truly is a is a Raiders fan. I've come from the same neighborhood Al Davis was born in. So okay. so my thing is I I'm a glutton for punishment, what can I say? The whole this show's not just about wrestling, this is about I, I literally, like I said, a week or two ago out of falling out with a coast, I'm not gonna list my personal begrudges out on fucking air. I was gonna say it was a situation that got handled and granny's name somehow got involved in this mix. And when you call somebody an old bag, like, hell no,
1: dude. (laughs) Oh, hell no.
0: Like, I just felt the need to be like, you know, Granny hasn't been on my show
1: in three, four
0: years, it seems like. But I don't know. She probably didn't pass me through because Granny will go on tangent. I'll go on tangent. And we'll get Chandler going on tangent about random dude who mentioned why don't you drag up one of your old co-hosts you know that old bag that calls herself Granny Hulkster. and I told Granny she's like why didn't you call me I could have lit that dude up and I said I didn't want to wake you up <laughs> you know but um yeah I'm just getting off topic real bad
1: <laughs> but Granny um, Holster big fan I love Granny uh, every time I go to Arkansas it's here i'll be in arkansas next month actually so i'm sure i'll see her then as well whenever we go she's she's always front row loud and proud always one of the lights of the party so i look forward to seeing her
0: actually hold on a second uh i'm gonna patch her on through just for a brief moment granny
1: bring her on in oh yes
2: hello 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 b train hello chandler
1: hello granny
2: Yes, I have been missing you very, very much, and I am, yes, and I will be there March 12th for Ozark Mountain Wrestling. I cannot wait to see you.
1: Oh, do you by any chance move on wrestling because my opponent's changed?
2: Uh, well, I knew who you were supposed to wrestle.
1: Yeah. Uh, so do you want a little bit of dirt? I'll give you the inside scoop. You want it?
2: Yes, I want a spoiler alert. <laughs>
1: Do, do you want a spoiler alert, Granny?
2: Yes, I do. Yes, I do want a spoiler alert.
1: Well, too bad. You just got to wait until we get there next month and you're <laughs> out in front.
2: I know. I know. You. You. That and, that, and that's fine. I, I love surprises. I can't wait. It'll be a good surprise. You've got a
1: good fill-in for it. So don't worry about it. It'll be an awesome surprise for everybody.
2: Well, yes, it will.
1: So, yeah, this show,
0: this show full of surprises. Granny, Miss you, dear. I cannot wait to see you in about four weeks, girl.
2: I know, I know. And you know, and Chandler, you know, B train said that he he was coming to Dallas for WrestleMania. Well, guess who else is coming? Granny, David, and Anthony are coming to WrestleMania this year. What? Well, I'm
1: I'm gonna have to get my. uh my signings and my shows schedules posted up that way you can see where I'm at and what I'm doing. So you can come say hi as much as possible.
2: I would, I would love, I would love to see you. I would love to see you. So. Well, you'll have two chances
1: to watch me I'm on two different shows and I've got two different signings. So you'll be able to see me a couple of times.
2: Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you for bringing me on B train. And by the way, (laughs) This interview has been absolutely amazing. I have totally loved this interview. This has been totally awesome. Thank you, Granny. I know, Danny. I just do nothing You're less, welcome.
0: Yo. <laughs> Thank you.
2: You're welcome.
1: All right, folks. That was
0: Granny Hulks here. Chandler, I'm going to ask you some personal questions, you are on the real. So outside of wrestling, we all know that fans can be and insane yeah. crazy. So, my question to you is, have you ever had a fan run in and do some like try to do something crazy, like stab or like threaten you or like do
1: something? Uh, no, I've actually I've never yeah. had that problem. Um, but I'm I'm more so a baby face everywhere I go. I've been healed a couple times, yeah.
2: Um,
1: but like I've I've seen it happen in shows. I've been on shows where it's it's, it's come close to happening where people jumped rails and security guards and everything get them quicker than they can get in the ring. But um I I can't believe that fans actually do this. And you know, it's funny you say something about the fans like that too because I was watching uh Warrior Wrestling out in Chicago the other day, a place that I wrestle at a lot and, you know, they they put on amazing shows and one of their matches was uh, Athena versus uh, Thunder Rosa, and in that match, someone in the fan, or someone in the fans yelled out derogatory marks towards the women as they were wrestling, and wow. Thunder Rosa said it best whenever she took the mic at the end of the at the end of the show. like we are professional athletes, we are here to entertain you, and if you don't want to come to a show and respect us as that and treat us as equals like we treat you, then we don't want you at the shows. It's one of those things. We don't go out there and put ourselves in front of everybody to be sit there and told we're fat or we're ugly or you got a big butt or you look, you look better in this at, in this gear or whatever it is, you know. We don't go out there for that. We go out there to put on a great show so you could be entertained in the sport of wrestling, something that we've all loved for many, many years, else we wouldn't be doing it. If we wanted to be out there and getting derogatory marks put at us, you know, I'd go start an OnlyFans. Um, I'd go, you know... I'd do any other platforms to get that kind of attention. But at the end of the day, if you can't respect us and you can't come in and join an actual great show and have fun, yeah, cool, do your haggling and stuff. That's all cool. There's a difference between, you know, joking around with somebody, playing around, playing the part of the antagonist. That's all all cool. We want that. But whenever it goes past that and it's going past <clears throat> the respect value, Thunder hit it best. She said, we just don't want you there. You don't belong as professional wrestling if you can't respect it.
0: I agree with you wholeheartedly. Like, I feel like if fans are there to constantly heckle like I I'm gonna okay. I live in New York where there's a lot of crazies to begin with. I've seen two incidents in my lifetime, actually three. One was a house show at the garden and someone tried to run in and I give apparently Bret Hart, you know, he doesn't really he draws a lot of negative attention for some weird reason. I was at the Hall of Fame when Brett was up there with uh, Natalia, and this dude ran, ran in the ring and tried to attack Brett. He ran into Natalia, who was wearing, like, I feel sorry for Girlie because she was wearing heels that should not be on females, but, you know. <laughs> I feel like dude really overstepped his boundaries and got the crap beat out of him by... Um, I don't know his current name. I'm drawing a blank here. But FTR, one of the FTR, just thought, You know, they oh, literally. Took,
1: or um,
0: it's probably Dash or Dawson, one of them that basically yeah. took dude and headlocked him and basically beat the ever living shit out of dude. We were booing this dude. Why would you attack one of the biggest influences in wrestling history? Because why? You're not a fan of the women's main event at WrestleMania which set a whole you know set a whole new standard for little girls and they can be anything they wanna be. And I was just like, Who cares? It's a main event. It's got a flair involved in it. Like, come on, man. Yeah. You really think that oh, and Ronda Rousey for that matter too. But to me, what they, what those two did was justifiable because to me, like, how are you gonna sit there and tell a man that just had a, got over a stroke, got over a heart attack? That's what it me because I really Since I was a kid I always said Owen was the nicer brother Because my dad used to be In freelance photography With wrestling and got to meet The Hart brothers Keith, Owen, Brett I got to meet Davey Boy and all them But I always thought Brett was super nice You know he may not have been able to make A few appearances here and there But I will say one thing, the man is tough as nails. He may not be able to beat the shit out of that piece of crap. But when fans run in, (laughs) you know, like you're stepping into the world of professional athletes that literally live, eat, sleep, go to the gym, take care of their bodies, make sure that they look good so that they distinct. Okay, you can tell the difference between a fan and a wrestler just by looking at them, by their physical attributes, you know what I mean? And so yeah, so my question to you is, like, have you ever just gotten to the point where a fan dm you to the point where you're like, dude, I'm really sorry, that's not my cup of tea. Like, can you please leave me alone? I've asked you nicely. Have you ever taken screenshots and been like, this is what I've dealt with Please understand this is not what wrestling is about. Have you ever had those moments happen to you in your career?
1: No. So I've never – I've had the the inboxes, yes. And I, I get very weird, slew, and also comments as well. But my mentality is I just don't pay it no attention. If someone slides in my inbox and they start doing some of that stuff, I got a button that takes care of them, and I block their ass. I don't care. I don't need that in my life. I don't need that in my inbox, and I don't want to open my phone and see someone's junk on my phone either. Like, I don't yeah. want that stuff. I, I've i got a life. i got a very private life. I am taken. I'm happily taken, and that's the way it stays. Like, I don't need no one knowing my business on that side because I keep everything in the wrestling world in the wrestling world and my private life to my private life. You know, I mean, I get those DMs, but, yeah, it's a, it's a quick fix for me. Like, there is no second chances. Like, I just... Yeah, like if you come at me and you say, hey, I want to ask you something, this is what I'm into or whatever, and I tell you no, cool. I, there's not, I'm not going to block you, especially if you're respectful about it. But if you just go at it, then all of a sudden you start sending things anyway and start doing anyways. Or if that's yeah, just I, how you try to start the conversation, by sending me something, like, yeah, you got to click a button like right this real quick me, and it's called block. And the app to blocked real quick.
0: Well, I say this because I'm, it's funny because – when I used to manage, dude, okay, as a gay, an openly gay manager, like you don't see very many – I mean, you do. we do have a community in wrestling. You know, I know Danny Martinez. I know a lot of people that are, you know, bisexual. You know, Nyla Rose was a wonderful person, you know, great wrestler, great worker. Um, but to me, like, <laughs> I got one person saying, do you want to meet up later? And I'm telling him, I literally tell him, I'm saying – look, I'm tired off my ass, I'm really not interested, I may be a certain way sexuality-wise, but I'm not interested, but thank you for, you know, the flattery, I'm fat, bald, and ugly, but thank you, you think I'm cute, cool,
2: literally, like,
0: 20 minutes later, yo, I'm getting message after message after message, I'm like, Nobody want to see that junk Because take a look-see, dude Like, I'm not that interesting Okay, I'm interesting in other ways But please stop sending me Naked pictures of yourself Pictures of boxes, pics of underwear Dick pics, whatever Please stop, please understand I'm not into you
1: Yeah, exactly yeah. I mean, that's what the block button's for 100% That right there is what the block button's for
0: And I'm just like He's like, but I thought you were gay. I'm like, that don't mean I hit anything with two legs, motherfucker. Like, really? <laughs> you honestly think that I'm just going to cower down and be like, oh, he's offering me money. Cool, that's called prostitution. Cool, that's called a court case. And three, I really don't have time for this shit because I get up at butt crack of dumb for work. And and he goes, well... You live all the way in New York? Well I'm like, Yes, dude, I'm not giving you my location. I don't know if you have a gun. I don't know if you have a knife. So really my trust with certain people is like like you said, if you say what you're into respectfully but in private and you don't air your grievances or you don't DM me naked pictures of yourself, cool. Like you said, there's a block button for that shit.
1: Yeah, uh, and, it, and it gets used really quick if uh, the disrespect keeps coming, too. Like, I'm very respectful of stuff, and I uh, have no problem with anyone's sexuality. You do you. You have fun doing you, and you live your life. Cool, man. That's what I expect out of everybody. But uh, at the same time, like, if it's been asked once to stop and it just keeps coming, there's no reason for me to ask twice because you've already shown me that you disrespect me anyways by doing it a second time after I've asked it first. So. Like I said, I don't. I'm not big on the second chances. I'll ask you one time, and if that's it, cool. See you later, bye. I don't need you around.
0: Because if you give people second chances, especially Craze fans, you don't know what they're capable of. You don't know what they bring to the table mentality-wise. They could be some serial killer wanting to lock you in their basement and you know feed you like a dog or feed you like a cat because they're sick in the mind. Yeah, that oh, so, dirt. Yeah, I'm gonna i'm gonna go off the cuff here a little bit and go a little bit you know beyond the track so we're gonna talk about something outside of professional wrestling like music wise what kind of music did you like gravitate towards from a very young age to now like do you listen to a blend of music like r&b hip-hop you know country rock and roll what kind of genre do you gravitate towards the most
1: um, I actually don't have one that I like, actually set towards the most. Country is something that's always been close to near and dear to me, just because of like the way I was raised and where I'm raised at. Of course, I mean I'm in Texas. I'm a southern boy, and you know I grew up and raised born and raised on farm and in, in the country. So that's that's just me wholeheartedly. But there's a lot of different types of country music that I listen to as well. Um, but uh, I, I listen to just about everything: rock and roll, metal, R&B. I even listen to some screamo. Um, you know, I, I love techno music. Uh, as long as something has a good beat to it, really, and, like, I can actually understand the words for the most part and the words make sense or they have, like, a good meaning, I'm cool with it. Like, let's jam out. But um, if I have to put something on the radio just to, you know, that I can listen to all day long, I'm, I'm probably going to throw on a country mix-up and just let it play all day because it's going to have everything with some fast-paced, slow pacing, and a little bit of just some my childhood in it
0: a friend of mine from the uk dude did some really cool mixes i'm a big a lot of people hate me for saying this i know a lot of people hate her christmas music and you know who i'm referring to (laughs) but (laughs) there's a dude who makes her music with other artists so therefore makes her tolerable i love mariah but my thing is like when you her with Lady Gaga or the Backstreet Boys. Like, this dude was a fucking genius. Like, mix-wise, I'll send you some links after we get done chatting, because I know you're pretty busy with work and all this stuff and stuff. So, like, so, like, anyways, sorry. That was just an interruption. But anyways, um, anyways, as I was saying, like, I think this dude mixes were pretty far, like, he mixed dead tracks from her and then put together a mainstream track like for example uh you don't Re- and you don't remember and then i'll never break your heart by the backstreet boys so like he mixes songs together that was pretty cool and also i also dabble in writing music um can find one of my tracks actually a lot of them <laughs> on youtube artist by the name of drew Seely. Uh, have you ever heard of the artist tiny no, I haven't. Uh, do you remember a group called Xscape? Well, no, was kind of
1: familiar. I couldn't say uh, it. But it a...
0: a little bit of the chorus. I just can't take playing the fool number two. Loving you faithfully, that's all I wanna do. I like ro- I write writing sad love songs, so I sent this song in, and the story goes, she goes this song would sound better if, you know, you had a duet. And I said, well, do I get money for it? And she goes, I tell you what, if I like the track, I'll, you know, record it. If not, you know, I'll still pay you royalty. But the song's called Gotta Get Over You. And it's basically a song that, you know, talks about, I love this person, but I just have to get over loving you because you're not loving me the way I love you. Right. And so, I can send you a link to that, too. But anyway, so I got to ask this question. Between the rappers, the choices are Notorious B.I.G., Tupac Shakur, uh, 50 Cent, Dr. Dre, Eminem, uh, MC Light, Queen Latifah. See who else I can think of. Oh, okay. Uh, Big Pun. And who else can I think of? Let's just list those. If you had to choose a rapper that you can get behind lyric-wise, album-wise, between all those names I just listed, who would you choose and why would you choose them?
1: I mean, that's easy. You name the GOAT. The GOAT's the, the man to go to, and he was there through my entire childhood. My like, gro- Just growing up, uh, he helped me out through so many like just down times too with his music and his his CD, every time it came out, I was I was always there in line to get it. It was one of those things I just had to have. And, you know, no doubt Eminem. I mean, he's the GOAT, in my opinion. He's going to be the GOAT for a long time. There's just no one, in my opinion, that lyrically can match anything that he does. And his music has consistently been good. He had, what, two years there where things kinda of fell off, maybe it was maybe three years, I don't know. But you know, when you've been doing it that long and you've been killing the game for that long, you have to expect that at some point in time it's gonna drop just a little bit, but he reinvented himself again and now he's back slaying it more, so there there's no no doubt in my mind it would be him and M.
0: I think like he's the closest thing we have to a Tupac Shakur because like, I really feel like, if you mean be honest, like, uh, music-wise, Eminem, yes, he does diss tracks, but his diss tracks have merit behind them because, sure, he diss my idol, but I, do I hate the man for being honest about certain things? No, because you can't say to an artist or a worker, you can't be like... I don't like your style because I feel personal. I feel a personal way to it. Like, okay, cool. You can dislike as much as you want, but at the end of the day, like on the real, real talk, Eminem is the realest rapper out of every fucker that does mumble rap today. Like, I can't. I'm sorry. Today's music will irk me to no end. Like, what are you trying to say? Like
1: like mumble rap bullcrap. I can't stand yeah, it. It's like, I can't hear a word they're saying.
0: And they're like, well, you like Snoop Dogg. I'm like, okay. So my personal opinion on Snoop Dogg is that, yes, he did go through a lot of personal trauma. Yes, he, you know, suffered because I'm going to say it. Though. That motherfucker is a bandwagoning fuck who stabbed his own friend in the back. And they're like, why? I said, Tupac Shakur. Hmm. If he doesn't, die or Biggie died, you heard 50 Cent say it on MTV's reality show back in the day. He said, you'd be hearing a lot of rappers say, may I take your order, please. The only exception to that rule is Eminem. But um, um, outside of music speak and wrestling and all that, so you live in Dallas, right? You remember, mm-hmm. like, okay, so the question is, man, we both suffered through a lot. As a Raiders fan, as a Cowboys fan, my my thing is, like, man, a lot of people like to hate. So, have you ever sat at a Cowboys game and thinking, what happened or where we go wrong? I Would hate you,
1: the Cowboys.
0: You you hate the Cowboys? I, you like the Cowboys?
1: I absolutely hate the Cowboys. I can't stand okay. them. Okay. My entire friend. Right. Yeah, my I might be from Texas, but I I, can't, I don't actually – the only – Texas team that I really like and can watch play anything is uh, the Rangers, and that's just barely here and there. Like all my teams are like not even anywhere near Texas because I'm I'm the oddball in my family. My family was one of those like it was Cowboys everything, Rangers everything, uh, Mavericks everything. You know, Dallas Stars everything. It was Texas. Everything was Dallas, Texas area. That was what we were supposed to, supposed to you know. Support. And I never really even liked the colors. I never really even liked the emblem. I didn't like the fact that my entire family tried to pressure me on it, and they always bought me these damn clothes that I never wanted to wear because they had the wrong team on it. And I had to go to school wearing this stuff, and everybody else was like, oh, cool, you got the new Cowboys jersey. or Oh, man, that's a really cool shirt or hat. You got, yeah, well, you can have it because I really don't want the damn thing. I don't like them. My parents made me have that stuff, you know. I mean, not against my, like, they weren't trying to do it to be rude or mean or anything, but they just thought, oh, okay, he's a, cat- he's a Cowboys family. He likes new stuff here. You'll be a Cowboys fan. No, I'm a Steelers fan. I love the Steelers with everything I, have. I I like the Pirates. Yeah. I know I'm weird in baseball, but I'm a Pirates fan. The Pittsburgh uh-huh. uh, Penguins, they're, they're my favorite when it comes to hockey. And if we're going to talk about basketball, I have several favorites. I've got... You know, the Oklahoma City Thunder is very near and dear to me, so I really enjoy the Thunder as well. I don't mind the Rockets. Um, the Bulls are probably amongst some of my favorite, just because of the history of the Chicago Bulls. Um, Michael
2: Jordan. But if I had
1: to yep. pick a team, yeah, exactly. Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Robin, like that was the three, man. That was what I grew up watching. And, you know, mm-hmm. Chicago basketball it was the thing for me when I was a kid. Everyone had the big, you know, fluffy sports jacket, I can't remember what that thing was, but everyone had that red, white, and black fucking puppy sports jacket with the bull on your left side shoulder, and it was one of those things I always remember about basketball was Chicago Bulls, and every time I get to go wrestle in Chicago, it's one of those cool feelings for me, like, man, this is a city of such rich athletic history, and to even just be able to perform my, my craft here in this place is awesome. So next time I go to Chicago, I really want to go just, like, uh, see like the Michael Jordan st- uh, statue and stuff outside the stadium and things like that I'd like to go see the Chicago Bulls stadium I've never even been there since after I've been there some times so um yeah but the Bulls would be basketball for me so have you
0: ever okay so have you ever been to Wrigley
1: Wrigley Field no I've never, never been to Wrigley
0: uh <laughs> we okay so I went to the Field of Dreams game in Iowa, which was badass, because if y'all remember that movie as a kid, you know, the legends come out of the, the field, and they play, like, yeah, the Yankees right. lost that game to the White Sox, don't care. I'm mean, a Yankees fan, as natural, natural can be. They're like, you must be spoiled. They paid for their champion as well. As one wise man once said, every man has their price. Would you rather play for $15 million or $150 million? You do the math. Also, yeah. like George Steinbrenner, they, like, I love the episodes of Seinfeld when it shows Costanza telling the players what you know, what uniforms to wear, what have you. I like the biggest fondest memory, dude. The reason why I'm tied to the Yankees is because my aunt uh, Cheryl, who Granny knows, I tell the story all the time. She died in the World Trade Center. So she had season passes to the Yankees, and I remember being on the field meeting uh, Derek Jeter and David Justice and all of them after she passed. It was so weird. It's like the whole city of New York was quiet until, so, like, it was jam-packed and old Yankee stadium and all that. It's weird because they're like, you don't like the Jets or you don't like the Giants. I'm like, I'm like I don't give two shits about the teams that everybody pines and drinks the Kool-Aid with, like... Everybody in middle school wear a Vinny Testaverde jersey. I, I myself wore a Rich Gannon shirt and or an Andre Risen or Tim Brown shirt. They're like Raiders. I was like, yeah, man, <laughs> just win, baby. It was that philosophy that I was like, you know, I fell in love with their team. So, like, why like, why the Raiders? Because they're like wrestling fans. Not a lot of people understand it Not a lot of people get behind it But at the end of the day we, we as Raider fans know Just like you Steelers fans know And the Penguins fans know We know where we belong So, you know Yeah, absolutely I just, you know, as a young person Like what well, we went through a, as a team this year With Henry Ruggs and the whole incident But let me, let me backtrack a little bit I'm sorry my my aunt used to say she's like oh you know when it was like ninety three ninety four she's like the Yankees are gonna be big you know they're gonna blow up they're gonna get five six World Series I can feel it and so like the coolest thing I ever dude was sitting at a World Series game in ninety eight and it was behind not behind home plate it was third base side I'm gonna tell you like have you want to hear loud like a big old crowd pop When you hear Okay I It was six years old I heard Like I'm gonna backtrack a little bit I heard Paul O'Neal The Yankees fans Started those wrestling chants bro For <laughs> real We were the ones That started the Fucking cat calls in the crowds People chanting You know Like At players And all that stuff So if you ever come out east, I'm going to take you to a Yankees game. So it's kind of like a wrestling, you know, event. Where we got the Bleacher Creatures, and they do roll call and chant out the players' names. And I believe the Yankees are playing the Pirates this season. So if they ever get to a season, God help us all. Right.
1: <laughs> no, I, it'll be this season, I think. Um, I'm not sure. I, I don't have any uh, – Plans of coming out to New York right now Simply because and People may get mad at me for this as well But um, I, I don't have a vaccination card And I will not be getting a vaccination card So therefore I probably won't be coming Anywhere into New York anytime soon
0: oh, That's okay I think these things will pass You know like we've had plagues before But that's a different subject for a different day I'm not going to get uh, One dude called into this show One time set calling about gun control I, at this point in time, dude, was like, I don't understand why you're calling a wrestling podcast about gun control, but sure, I'll indulge you. And I hung up on him.
1: There you go. <clears throat> Sometimes I get it out and say, see you later, bye.
0: I say, hmm, that kind of takes the fun out of me asking the question, are you ever going to come to Monster Factory and visit Danny Cajun crew? Because I see. Think- you no, know, Danny
1: Cage? other and you know we've we've had our conversations a little bit here in the past but you know i like i said and, until probably everything's lifted i probably won't be in the new york area that closest i probably be is pittsburgh uh every once in a while but um yeah i just uh, i'm just not gonna get my vaccination card i just don't believe in it i don't think it's something i'm gonna do
0: and I respect that, bro, because here's the thing. Like, people get gung-ho about being one-sided about this shit. I have a vaccination card because it was required by work or whatever. I If I'm not making a paycheck, then that fucks with my money and that fucks with my livelihood. So I decided why the fuck not. But anyways, like I said, I respect people, whatever decision you make. You know, tomato, tomato. It's no big deal for me. I don't get into political jargon. Um, with guests i make that very clear with some people because i told danny i go please tell me as like you can be on my show I was like yeah sure and i said please do not talk about political jargon goes, oh no he goes i'm completely different you know when it comes to wrestling because i don't ever talk about that shit when it's live air i go thank you god
1: <laughs> oh yeah it, it makes things so much easier
0: it, it makes things flow a lot better when things are not discussed about religion, war, politics, whatever. But anyways, I gotta ask you. So, I noticed your Patreon page, dude. I think it's pretty ingenious when uh, workers do marketing on the side, like five dollars for my Taco Bell habit. I think I forget the other levels of membership that you had. That you know, people can subscribe to you, and. I think it was you get an 8 by 10 or you get a signing here, signing there. I think that you've grasped the whole concept of other side of wrestling.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's, there's just a lot that comes into the, the wrestling world. It's not just being a wrestler. It's being able to promote yourself. It's being able to talk. It's being able to get merchandise up and going. It's being able to be a business person, like, Nowadays, you have to be a businessman or a woman to be a successful wrestler because it is a personal business now. It's not just one of those things where you're going and looking for a company to start you know, putting you on the roster and paying you anymore. You're your own entity. You go wherever you want to go, and you wrestle for as many promotions as you want to wrestle for, but therefore you have to now keep up with all of your business, and that's just a whole other side of wrestling. And That's what a lot of people don't understand either is, just because I'm wrestling for those 15 minutes doesn't I mean that's all I'm doing. I'm traveling, and travel days are literally an entire day sometimes just to get to a place. Um, and then, you know, outside of wrestling, what do I do? i got to take care of myself. I've got to order merch. I've got to send merch. I've got to, you know, run all these things as well. I don't even have a Patreon anymore. Um, I haven't had that for a minute because I, I switched over into Twitch because that's what I do more of. I am... I'm a gamer. I like gaming. I like chatting with my community. I've built a pretty good community over the past uh, several months and stuff as well doing that. So that's where I've been at, and that's where I'll be at because it's more of a um, um, personal thing to me that I, I really enjoy, and that's video gaming. So if you want to come hang out with me on that Twitch, anyone who's listening, um, you can go to my Instagram, and you can click the link in my bio. it takes take you right over to it. Or if you have Twitch automatically, you can just go to Cat. C A P T underscore pew pew underscore, so it's the abbreviation for captain, and then pew pew. So yeah, you come hang out. I love the
0: whole, I love the whole pew pew thing. That's that's genius, dude. Like like we're here in the East Coast. Like we pretty much get. uh, Well, some of us do. They're like, oh, bro, I don't see the intrigue or the interest. I'm like, no, dude. I told my roommate and just asked me a few minutes ago if I wanted to eat dinner. I'm like, no, no. I got to take care of business first because it's been almost four years since actually, and that's a lie, two years since I've had an actual guest on my show. I could explain later it was not in a good mental frame of mind, and I'm not going to give you the VH1 behind the music story, but... I'm just glad, dude, because it's not only a conversation because I don't like to do the whole narrative of, okay, this is a wrestling podcast. We're only going to talk professional wrestling and about dude's career. Like, no, dude, this cannot be bullet pointed. This, this is not the MO of Beyond the Tracks. Beyond the Tracks is supposed to be like um, if we were sitting down at a table at a restaurant just shooting the shit. That's the feel. That's the feel that I want. Right. So, That's where it should I be enjoyable. Yeah, because honestly, do you want to talk about work after you get out of
1: work? No. No, not most time. No, most people don't, but you know, in this business, that's what you have to do. You have to be willing to do the things that other people won't. and sometimes that is doing that. Whenever I don't want to go to the gym, I have to sit there and say, all right, well, no one else is going to go to the gym for me. I know I just worked an eight-hour shift at work all day, but I still got to take care of myself this week, because this weekend, I've got big matches, like that's a <laughs> part of, like, things of getting up and getting it done and sometimes I don't want to do it but I have goals and I have ways and things that I want to get to so that's why I keep pushing
0: you know dude at a glance and I know Kyle's going to hate me for saying this at first when I looked at your profile picture I was like why is Kyle O'Reilly wearing a cowboy hat
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: he's going to fucking hate me for that I'm Canadian you prick why I'm like what is your business I'm like Don't know, dude. I have bad eyes. I've had four eye surgeries. Forgive me. And Kurt, friend of mine, Kurt Gannon, will probably tell you he's a blind pucker Don't let him drive. Like I ain't that blind. I ain't that blind, bro. But I gotta, I gotta ask you a question. So, if you ever have downtime, do you, do you ever consider having a downtime aside outside of Twitch and outside of the recreational stuff that you may do outside of the gym? Um, do you ever have time to watch? wrestling related stuff like dark side of the ring or do you just watch your matches so you can critique yourself like okay maybe i should have done this maybe i should try this do you have downtime have you ever watched a full episode of dark side of the ring and if so which one did you watch
1: um i've actually never watched a full episode people talk to me all the time about them but i more so just watch wrestling matches and things of that nature. Um, if there's a documentary of someone that I really want to watch, I'll watch it, but I've not watched any of the Dark Side of the Rings. Um, like I said, I've, I've seen a few k- clips here and there of what people have showed me or when people have tried to get me to watch it. I have nothing against it. It's just not something that intrigues me. I am um, I understand, you know, all the horrible stuff that goes on in wrestling. I've seen a lot of it personally myself, and um, I, I've seen it in the locker rooms, and, you know, it, it's just one of those things where, I think I've gotten to a point where I just have seen enough of that dark area in wrestling to where I don't want to come home and put it on my TV screen and watch it as well. I'd rather watch the good parts about wrestling that I enjoy, which are the matches and the promos and, you know, the creativeness that people have to, to just do something different or new with every single time they get into a ring. So those are the things that really int- intri- or intrigue me about wrestling and what I really look for in wrestling and, You know, I know there's a lot of documentaries and I know there's a lot of podcasts and there's just so much stuff on wrestling I can't watch it all or or even begin to even think I have, right? But um, that's one of my things is I just love to come home and watch a wrestling match and just find something from that wrestling match and go, okay, cool, that's something new I can learn from. That's something that that person did that I could probably – put into my repertoire or hey i could do that with a twist or man that was a really cool spot to see and i wonder how he thought about it but um yeah not not much uh dark dark side of the ring uh watching at all
0: so um let's see here my next question would be like overall like when he was growing up first started watching wrestling like who stood out to you like as a kid and you're like okay i want to join because this dude's doing it so maybe one day i can do it maybe i can beat him one day who was that one guy that stood out above all the rest of the wrestlers you know that you was growing up watching did you have anyone in particular that you're like i want to be like him one day but i want to do add my own twist did anybody stand out to you
1: Um, The two people I modeled my career after, and that's uh, Shawn Michaels and The Rock. Um, Shawn Michaels was, just so you understand why, whenever I was younger, I was really sheltered. I didn't get to watch this a whole lot. My mom raised two kids, two boys by herself, so everything was really G-rated. We had a schedule. We went home. We went to school. We did our extracurriculars. We came home, took care of the house until mom came home. And then when mom came home, we were allowed to watch TV with her. And whatever mom watched is what we watched. And mom was not a wrestling fan. Um, so whenever she started dating again and she got with my dad, um, she works night shifts at the hospital and dad was working at the cable company during the days. So we got to start watching free pay-per-views and things like that because we got those perks. And, um, so my mom would be at work watching or doing work activities. We would get to sit at home and watch wrestling. And it was one of those things where dad said, you know, Hey, what mama doesn't know doesn't hurt her. So it's kind of stays between us. I mean, it didn't take her long to figure it out, especially whenever me and my brother started doing wrestling moves to each other on the couch or in the living room, you know, and she quickly figured out what happened. But the very first match I, I ever really got introduced to was a rock and stone cold match and to see them literally captivate audiences within just like the rock, just to walk out of the tunnel just to raise an eyebrow and the way he could control a crowd with an eyebrow like that was so interesting to me. And just to hear glass break and Stone Cold's music come out when those two fight, oh my gosh, the crowd erupted. So I, a lot of my charismatic and my on the fly call stuff that I do is a lot like the rock. Cause that's things that the rock used to do. The rock was very big into entertaining the crowd. He wanted to, make a moment every time for the crowd not necessarily for himself but for the crowd so that the crowd had a, an awe moment right and then Shawn Michaels is really one of the best and greatest to ever do it um he his selling is what captivated me and I am a big advocate of the art of selling I love to sell yes I can do really cool flashy moves and all that fun stuff as well and I can move, but I love to sell like that's that's entertainment to me. That's wrestling is what can I give to the other guy so that the crowd can still stay entertained. Like that's another part of working that wrestlers just don't understand anymore. There's not enough sell- selling and a match that I watched um, actually today, I watched the Alistair black and Davy Richards match from prestige. And those two beat the living shit out of each other, but it was in an old school wrestling manner and they did a lot of really cool things to one another, but they never stopped selling. They worked each other's legs the entire time. And by the end of the match, even though Aleister Black won, he still kept selling even after the match was over with the fact that he couldn't stand up to celebrate. He crawled to a corner. And he worked Davy's left or one of his left or right leg the entire match. And Davey was still selling it even up until the point whenever they were leaving the ring. Those are things that Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair and, you know, Dusty Rhodes, those guys really put into the air for people to say, hey, this is wrestling. This is what wrestling is <clears throat> about. This is wrestling right here. And Shawn Michaels did that for me. So Shawn and, and The Rock are real big advocates for me in my my career.
0: Dude, you and I share similar favorite wrestlers, and I got a cool Dusty story to tell you you know, he – before I get to why Sean and The Rock and maybe The Undertaker is one of the list, um, for me, okay, meeting Dusty back in, the you know, before he passed on, very loud, uh, very quiet, very observant, and also very caring, very charismatic, very into, and he loves, you know, Dusty is always a guy that loves what he did, and I just want to, you know, there's some people that were born to be wrestlers. And Dusty was definitely one of those guys that he came out, you know what you did wrong, Daddy. You know, you just, instead of going in the corner like you did, you know, you have kind of, uh add a little tidbit right there, you know, like this. You know, he'd show you. He'd be hands-on. Shawn Michaels, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You just, I just feel like Dusty like, he goes, you know, if you roll like this, the cameras ain't going to catch you. But if you roll like this, the cameras going to love you. And he always talked like some Cajun fool. But, you know, <laughs> back in, you know, that time we were all, like, green. You know, like, to me, we were all green, even though I wasn't a big name. You know, the names that I was around, they, we we all listened. We all paid attention because, He had that presence of mind to not only be a coach, but be like, okay, would you, as a crowd member, would you want to be entertained like this, sir? Or would you, you know, he was like watching a movie. He was like, if you want to see the character, like you the heel, right? So would you, you know, he would always give examples. And it would be funny to hear him say, just like that movie, you know, that guy. And I can't remember his name, but okay, we're going to move on. And it was you know, special. Um, Shawn Michaels, though, like a reason why I like him is because I was always the kid that got picked on, always the underdog. Nobody expected me to do anything. Whenever I saw the uh, the match between him and uh, Bret Hart at WrestleMania, WrestleMania twelve, I know a lot of people don't like Shawn Michaels. Oh, he was a prick. Blah blah blah. Oh, but without Shawn Michaels. There is no degeneration X. There is no click moment at MSG when I was nine years old. I saw that moment. I didn't understand what they were doing, but I saw it. Um, without Shawn Michaels, there is no NWO. Without Shawn Michaels, there is no Undertaker Shawn moments, one and two and three and four, whatever. But um, without Shawn, I don't know how many people could say, I am the headliner. I am Mr. WrestleMania. I am
1: the showstopper.
0: The heartbreak kid. He's the man. He's the man. You You can't. Yeah. He just can't duplicate that career. People have tried.
2: People have tried.
0: But there's only one Shawn Michaels. Like there's only one Chandler Hopkins. There's only one. Chris Jericho, there's only one Malachi Black. There's only one of uh, per wrestler.
2: <clears throat> <clears throat>
0: oh, oh, I'm sorry, my bad, dude. I'm sorry, I said I got off track of time. Um, But on the way out, y'all. So, um. It's been really cool chatting with you, man. I've had fun. I love, Like I said, if I lose track of time, that means we must have been doing something right.
1: Yeah, we had a good time. I I enjoyed the conversation. It was, uh, honestly, it was a little bit different of a, you know, just chat than normal because most people, it's just typically just straight wrestling, and it's nice to get off on different topics every once in a while and just really get to talk to people. So, yeah, I you <coughs> you having me on here, man. It's been a blast. We'll so, have to do it again sometime.
0: Oh, for sure, bro. I can. Uh, like I said, I know you're probably busy. Uh, I will hit you up after the show. But is there like anywhere people can reach you on so your social media handles, like the gram, Twitter, yeah. Twitch, whatever you, you want to find- get out those handles before you before you part ways.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You can on all my social media platforms: Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and uh, TikTok. You can find me at the young gun underscore CH. So it's the young gun underscore Chandler Hopkins for CH. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitch, it's Captain underscore pew pew, but the captain is abbreviated. So it's C A P T underscore Pew Pew underscore. Or you can just type in Chandler Hopkins and it should bring it up.
0: All right, sir. And last but not least, are there any personal shout-outs you'd like to give to family members, uh, fellow fellow wrestlers, or you just want to say thanks for having me
1: in, in part ways? Yeah, man. Just uh, everyone that's ever supported me, everyone that's listening to the call, everyone that you know been there in my corner to help push me in the right direction. I appreciate you all. You all know who you are. Uh, people like yourself to give me a platform to come on and tell my, a little bit about my story, I greatly appreciate it. And, you know, until next time, I, I will uh, have to... Just keep grinding, keep doing my thing And hopefully when I come on next time We'll have a lot more to talk about For sure
0: dude, because I know I have a feeling That you're going to be on uh, I'm not going to lie My show is kind of the Well, These, like I say, I'm not trying to long win this shit Because I know you got to get going and whatnot. I always crack the joke I was like, if you ever end up on Wrestle Radio Network But some happens, let's see Brian Pillman Jr., Travis Flip Gordon They, You guys are very talented, you do your own thing But I always crack the joke, I was like I must have the Midas touch or some form of good luck because Brian Pillman Jr., AEW, um, Travis Whit Gordon NXT, Jake Logan, NXT, Danny Cage, I can't say shit because he already owns Monster Factory, runs it, and produces stars. So <laughs> uh, My joke is, like, you end up on my show. Nah, I'm just a freaking loudmouth New Yorker that uh, loves wrestling and Loves uh, sports. So, anyways, thanks, dude, for being on my show. I will, yeah, for sure, bro. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Chandler Hopkins. Thank you for the young gun, Chandler Hopkins, the future star. Not, you know, he's already a star, but he's a future star. We'll be seeing him on TNT, ladies and gentlemen, on, on whatever match he's gonna end up with. Good luck to you, sir. I, I do. This was great. I had a fucking blast.
1: Yeah, hey, I appreciate you, man. Want to do it again.
0: Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, that was uh, Chandler Hopkins or the Young Gun Chandler Hopkins. Thank you for being on uh, WrestleMania. We're sister show Beyond the Tracks. So thank you for having him. That's it. Granny, I think I'm going to touch base with you because this is going to be, you know what? I kept Granny on for a brief moment. Why not bring her on this show? Granny, what up, girlfriend? Hey,
2: hey, hey. Great interview. It was awesome. I really enjoyed listening to it. And I enjoyed getting to talk to Chandler and talk to you too, my friend. So Chandler's awesome. I mean, for those of you that have never had the opportunity to see Chandler Hopkins wrestle at a live event, let me tell you, you are missing out because he is absolutely amazing at what he does. I so love to watch him wrestle. And every chance I get the opportunity to see him wrestle It's always very, very enjoyable. So fans, you know, check him out. You know, go watch him wrestle. Support your independent wrestling shows because Chandler Hopkins is one of the best in the business, in Granny's opinion.
0: I think, Granny, that this this guy is going to be on network television because I really feel like he's got a good attitude. He knows when to speak up when, you know, when the the point when you don't speak like dude has a great head on his shoulders like yo dude he does i like i really feel like he's very professional and he's not he knows how to answer questions and he's not hesitant he's like well this wasn't discussed or whatever but you know, i like guys and gals that can think on the fly but not only think on the fly but he's very relatable And I don't know him personally, but I think, like, he's not only a great guy, but if I was a promoter, I'd be like, why aren't you on my programming yet? Like, I've watched his matches. The dude has a great understanding of not only technical wrestling, but adaptability to any style of professional wrestling. This is not just kissing his ass, ladies and gentlemen. Like, I sat and I watched five or six matches before I sat on with him because... My crazy eccentric fool of a friend, Jane, I know you listening, girl. Good Lord, man. I don't know what it is, Granny. I attract the
2: crazies. I don't know. Ever since I was a kid. (laughs) Well, Well, Granny has had several opportunities to see Chandler Hopkins wrestle in Arkansas. I mean, that's how I got to know Chandler Hopkins uh, when he came to Arkansas to wrestle. And He's absolutely amazing, and I just I can't wait to see him March twelfth at Ozark Mountain Wrestling. Can't wait to see him again. I'm excited because I want to see this dude
0: on TV. I don't care if they, what role they give him, like yo dude. And we we got to meet up with him in Texas now. We just have to because I really. Oh, we'll feel
2: make a like, we, well. We we will make a point because I'm sure he's going to. Message me his schedule of where he's going to be at. So, Chandler, if you're still listening out there, please let us know where you're going to be at so we can hook up with you because when we're going to be there. Because I know I'm going to see you March 12th, but I would love to see you down in Texas as well, my friend.
0: But also, Granny, you know, we got WrestleMania to chat about. Do you know there's a lot of – Holy crap, the scene changed after Jeddah. I mean, Brock Lesnar basically mowed through the entire competition. Good Lord.
2: I know. And, you know, and I've been reading something which is really odd that I saw something on social media the other day. I think it was earlier today I was reading something somewhere that somebody had made a comment about Brock Lesnar. He's, they said... They made the and I don't even remember who made the statement or where I even saw it at but they like the fact that Brock Lesnar's being like a baby face right now. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, are you kidding me? Because <laughs> I mean, I was never really a Brock Lesnar fan. I mean, I did catch the um a little bit of of um Raw Monday night, you know, when he was on there and everything, and SmackDown when he was on, you know. I mean, I, I kind of, you know, I, I don't know which way he's actually going right now, but it seems like the fans are just really hip on what he's doing right now, you know, in wrestling. So who knows? I mean, I I don't know. <laughs> you know I'm waiting to see how this all turns out. <laughs>
0: Me, personally speaking, like I got to ask, like,
2: do you care
0: if Brock Lesnar, who he faces at Madison Square Garden? I'm like, honestly, from the time that Lesnar has been, and now he's changed his MO because we're in the pandemic <clears throat> mode still. Just I don't know what mode we're in as a country, but before that, Granny and I recall when he would only show up when he wanted to. And mm-hmm. wrestle when, wrestle when he wanted to. So really mm-hmm. question you know, question mark. Are you just changing because you realize the times are changing and if you don't show up you won't get paid? Or are you really turning over new leaves, Mr. Lesnar? Because we as fans have seen you progress from spoiled prima donna, I don't wanna show up, I signed a contract, I make the money, blah blah blah. Whatever. I really feel like Lesnar at this, he was like, "You don't have to focus on high spots. That's great, dude. That's just wonderful." He told an interviewer, from what I read in articles, "You don't have to." He's right. You don't have to focus on high spots. Just focus on getting the crowd to pop for whatever. I'm just like, okay, is this is does he have a fever? What's going on? Because the Lesnar that Granny and I watched, because we know we're going to see him in Roman Reigns or whatever matches that we see on night two, because they don't tell you what's going to be on the card, which so I'm you know excited for and all, but my biggest thing in the whole wide world with Lesnar is, is he going to revert back to the Lesnar he once upon a time was, or is he going to continue this, I'm an ass kicker mode, I'm going to show up, I'm going to wrestle, and I'm going to go home. Because that Lesnar really hasn't existed since 2004, 2005. Most of them have seen him, granted, probably 2008, 2009. And then he disappeared and went to the UFC. So, Mm -hmm. to me, like, when you have a limited roster as WWE has, like, okay, their biggest baby face right now is Brock Lesnar. Their biggest heel, ironically, is the guy that they cheered for because, you know, oh, I got over leukemia and I kicked its ass and, you know, good for Roman Reigns. I'm happy that he's a bad guy. Why? Because people are so gung-ho on the social media era to say, I hate that he's healed. He's just going to make him champion. He's turning into John Cena. Sit down. Shut up. Watch it enjoy it cheer boo do whatever you want to do but please do not complain after you get what you want that's like a kid that gets everything they want granny and they don't they're never satisfied no matter what you give them that's right that's
2: right for sure for sure
0: you know and so like we're going to WrestleMania folks this is granny's first WrestleMania ever and yep. This is going to take a lot. And David
2: and Anthony's first WrestleMania ever. And let me tell you, fans, my son, he is 35 years old, and he is absolutely excited about getting to go to Texas. I mean, I have never seen him. I have not seen him this happy in such a very, very, very long time to think my good friend, B Train for this opportunity because without you, this would not be happening. And we are so appreciative. We are so happy. We are so grateful. I mean, you are like family to us. And, you know, I told David and Anthony, I said, we're going to make this a family vacation. We're going with somebody we care about. We're going with somebody who's a very good friend, who we consider family. This is going to be a great vacation for all of us, and we are so looking forward to this. I am looking forward to this getaway just because everything that Anthony and David and I have been dealing with in our personal lives, and I'm not going to get into that right now, but it's just when you get to the point where you're dealing with so much personal stuff and you're happy to help family members with whatever the case may be, sometimes you just need a getaway, an escape, and this this family vacation is going to be our, our getaway, our escape. And I am looking so forward to it. I am looking so forward to getting... To hope to to get to see a lot of my wrestling friends that are from Texas that I would not normally get the opportunity to see. I think... I am am looking so... I am looking so forward to this.
0: This is the other thing, Granny Lake. I... I think this is an epiphany of sorts. Like, this happened because the former co-host of the show, Screw You, I'm going to constantly say it. You lit a fire that you should have never lit. You made sure to call my family. I can, I'm, not, I'm not related to Granny, but she's like an aunt to me. She's like a grandmother. She's like a mother, wrapped all into one. Don't ever call her name. Don't ever say I exaggerate and don't ever tell me how to feel because you didn't want to show, I don't know, I'm going to go to this. I'm going to go to this. We should go. I'm not going to go to Chicago during WrestleMania weekend, okay? As much as I love and have been through that city, let me tell you something. Don't ever call her old bag. Granny is a community upstanding citizen who busts her ass for everybody. And let me tell you something, going to WrestleMania, I originally did not intend on going, but then I was like, you know what, I want to go not just because I haven't been in three years, I want to go because I want to share it with somebody, finally, outside of the the current co-host of the show, Jake Ryan, outside of the person that I shared with uh, WrestleMania 34, and let's see what else wrestlemania no he's been to wrestlemania 29 with me that was the first mania that i remember on record wrestlemania is something that people dream of going to and don't even get close to it the closest they get to it is watching it on peacock so when i told granny i'm like we're going she's like are you you know we were talking with one another Through Facebook Messenger, and I distinctly remember saying, I better get my tickets on Thursday because if we don't, that shit's going to be gone within the fucking snap of a finger. So to me, Granny is like a person that I want to share this with because she has dreamt of going to this since she's watched wrestling because this is like the Super Bowl for us wrestling fans. You don't get this opportunity every day or every year. This is once in a lifetime.
2: And that's exactly what I told my husband. I said, you know, he says, "Will you and Anthony go and have a great time. I said, no, you are going with us. I said, this is our, probably going to be our one and only opportunity that we're probably ever going to get to go to a WrestleMania because it is so close we need to go. We need to do this. We need to do this for you. We need to do this for Anthony. We need to do this for me. I mean, look at everything we've been dealing with, with Anthony, trying to help him with his situation, trying to make sure that he's taken care of. And, you know, once we're gone and everything like that, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. And you hit the nail right on the head when you said that and I told David I said we are going I said you put your days in you got vacation time cuz he hardly ever takes off work for anything he he takes care of his family he takes care of me he supports Anthony and Anthony's not even his biological son listeners out there Dave my husband David and I we've been married since December 19th of 2009 we've been together since December 19th of 2003 this man, other than my father figure, that my son has ever known because I was a single mom for 23 and a half years, listeners. I went through an abusive situation for two and a half years when I was married. You know, I I honestly thought, listeners out there, I honestly thought that I was going to be alone the rest of my life. And... I tell you, he takes such wonderful care. I mean, this Friday is going to be his birthday. David is going to be 70 years old this Friday on the 25th of February. So this is kind of like a birthday gift to him. This is a birthday gift to Anthony. This is a birthday gift to me. That's why we're making this a family vacation, and we're including Brian in that family vacation because he is part of our family. Yes, we're not related, but he is our he is part of our family. And people don't understand that when you talk about wrestling and you talk about your wrestling family, let me tell you something, listeners. I've been a wrestling fan for a long time. I have a lot of friends that are in this business that I have known 20-plus years, ever since I've lived in Arkansas. Let me tell you something. If I had a problem or if I needed help, all I would have to do is pick up a telephone and make a phone call or several phone calls. And these people that I know in this business that we call wrestling if they were available to be there to help me, they would be there backing me up 110%. I have no doubt in my mind about that. I'm going to throw a little shout out to Tim Rockwell, the the founder and the owner of Wrestling for a Cause that we help with, <clears throat> that we've helped with pretty much from day one. He has made my son Anthony feels so very special so many times when it came to his birthday. He's given him t-shirts. He's made him feel special. I mean, Mr. Saturday Night, Michael Berry, John Cross, Fuel, Anarchy. There's so many wrestlers out there. And if I've, you know, running If 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 there's anybody I have forgotten, uh, Granny certainly apologizes. But no matter who these wrestlers are and you all know <clears throat> who you are out there my wrestling family that makes my son Anthony and my husband David and I feel so very special and so very important whenever we come to one of your events Jason Jones Space Cowboy I mean there there there's so many names betrayed I just I it, I I wouldn't have enough time to mention everybody, but you all know who you are out there in the wrestling world that I consider part of my wrestling family. You all are amazing. You make us feel special. You make us feel important. You make us feel like we fit in. You never discriminate against us. You're always there to make the show so enjoyable for us to be a part of, and we thank you for that. Yeah, Granny, you
0: bring up a good point, or good points, because Tim, (laughs) I've said this, not to take away from what he's done, but similarly speaking, my dad has cancer, his mom has cancer, and I think it's very cool that Tim has the ability to still keep focused on what's important, what's in front of him, and not feel, you know, like, well woe well, was me and all this stuff. The same with my dad. It's like, we're very far apart, but I love him. And I know that Tim loves, you know, we all of course love our parents who would not love their parents. But the point is, Tim, Granny, and a lot of others that are upstanding members of the community, like, I'm going to bring this home. When my former co-host came at me, I showed Granny screenshots. I showed her screenshots. And he, I should have scrolled up and taken the other pictures of what was said. And I should have called you granny the night that he said what he said. But I'm going to point out, don't ever in your life insult one of my friends, ever. Because you know as what I do. If you have something to say, you talk to her directly. <clears throat> you can say what you said. I never said that about her. I don't even know the, I don't even know the old bag. Well, you just called her names twice. Okay. The context of why, the backstory of why, you know, Tim Rockwell is a good man is because he is. He's a genuine, good human being who gives a shit about others and himself. Granny, she always put others, she will always put others in front of herself because she's a selfless human being. Yeah, we joke around with each other about football teams and baseball teams, but at the end of the day, not just about sports, but we genuine respect and love for one another because we've been, we have the understanding like if something's wrong, I let granny know, like granny, you know like when she used to be my co-host folks we always tell one another, okay I am not feeling well, let's do a show on another day never was, okay let's bullet point this, let's do this, that's not a fucking podcast that's called redundancy and boring you need a guest on your show and I'm sorry I'm going off tangent, on tangents, folks, but I'm going to try and bring it back to the subject to him. Tim Rockwell, uh, if you're listening, dude, or if you listen to this episode, Granny, myself, others would like, countless others would like to say thank you for what you do for those kids in wrestling for a cause or for those people who you bring to your shows and don't have an inkling of what wrestling is. You make it enjoyable for your shows. And I have been maybe a couple times with Kurt So Mad props to you my man Because you're doing something that nobody else is doing I mean maybe others do But not the way you do There's only one Tim Rockwell There's only one Chandler Hopkins. There will always only be one Granny Hulkster But I love the fact that I have Now found myself again Sorry I'm going off tangent, off subject But I found myself, my own identity as a podcast host again. And it took somebody attacking family members. They're not blood, but they are like blood to me. Don't ever in your life think that you can attack granny. Don't ever think in your life because she says it best. You can mess with other people, but when it comes to friends and family members, you better be prepared. Because um, I'm going to tell you, This is not a threat. This is just a letting you know. I found that going to something that I love is not a sin. It's not a problem. Even if you don't like WWE and what they stand for, keep it to yourself. WrestleMania is a dream for people. It's not, oh, we're just going just because. So
2: well said. Very well said.
0: Wrestling, to, like I told Chandler, wrestling is something they'll always forever love because it keeps <clears throat> Granny, it keeps myself, Jake Ryan, the current co-host, uh, uh, you know, part owner of this show. It keeps us all out of our own realities because we're dealing with shit like, okay, who wants to wake up every day, every night, watch. The same stories on the news Whether it be local or, or regular news We want something different We want something that breaks the routine Okay So Wrestlemania I told Granny this story I said it became a tradition If I want to go to the big four I'm going to save my money And I'm going to enjoy myself Because work You can go to work and home And you can be Whatever you want to be my advice to the former co and others that try and tear other people down is um, do what you want to do, but don't, like I said, do not include people who care about people. People who are selfless to one another, like Granny, like Tim. <clears throat> he never attacked Tim Rockwell verbally, but he, you know, like I said, don't, please do not call people names. That's very childish and very petty. Saying I'm a liar, saying I'm delusional and an asshole. Allow me to introduce you into the harsh world of reality. You cannot leech off people's success. You have to make your own success. You have to get off your ass and quit feeling sorry for yourself. You may be broke as a joke, but uh, there's always this one thing called work your ass off and get where you want to be because you worked your ass off. Granny's retired and she worked a very long time at, at Walmart, okay? And she, you know, would like once in her lifetime to enjoy something that you cannot duplicate the electricity that you feel the moment you hit the arena at WrestleMania. I've been to, let's see here, 20, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, and 35. Would have gone to 36, didn't care for 37. Here's that reason, because 38, it's not too late. You know, Dallas, Texas Here Granny, I, David And Anthony come And it's going to be hella fun We're going to laugh We're going to enjoy We're going to remember This day, or remember those days And be like, okay And Granny, I might even consider If I can find, I don't care if we sit In the nosebleed, I definitely want to sit In the uh, American Airlines arena And I want to see The man that helped this sport out one hundred whether he wasn't your favorite or not, the undertaker I now oh, know yeah. my, I know my personal mission to get a cheapo seat. I don't care it doesn't have to be front row to hear that gong and the the fog and the oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, know,
2: mm-hmm.
0: back, you know, back in the day, granny, it was when I was a kid, I was the only one that was not hiding behind the couch and looking at hot or listening to Rowdy Roddy Piper say eyes of that ham <laughs>
2: like. well I got a I I I've got a funny story to share really quick with you I mean I remember a couple of years ago when I had to go to Las Vegas for a convention it's been almost three years now but um I was going out there to – I was incoming deputy grand regent for the Moose Lodge and for the state of Arkansas, so I had to fly to Vegas. Well, one of my very good friends, and I know you know who this is, Tommy Snow, we were talking, he says, Granny, he says, you got to do something for me, and it's not going to take much effort on your part. And I said, what? And he says, you need to have somebody take a picture of you wearing your Granny Holkster shirt while you're in Vegas. And I can say – Granny Holster in Las Vegas. Las Vegas will never be the same again. (laughs) Well, Dallas, Texas. Granny has never been to Dallas, Texas. So look out because we are coming to Dallas, Texas. We are going to have fun. We are going to make this an enjoyable memory for us all. We are going to have a blast. And I tell you, I cannot wait. I I am just so, I am just counting the days. You know how they show the countdown days to WrestleMania when they have SmackDown or Raw on, you know, well, Granny is xing the days off of my calendar. And March 30th is going to be here before we know it. And Dallas, Texas, watch out. (laughs) It's not a surprise. You know, someday, folks, Granny might
0: actually, you know, I cannot wait because of WrestleCon. I guarantee you, Lita, uh, not just the wrestlers, dudes, when Granny walks in with her Granny Hulkster shirt, you know what we're going to hear? Are you related to Hulk Hogan?
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. I could just hear it now. I could just hear it now. You know, I had a little boy. ask <laughs> asked me one time if I was Hulk Hogan's grandmother. And I'm like, no, baby, I'm not. Hulk Hogan's older than I am. But, no, I'm not his grandmother, okay? But you know, but but you know, the the neat thing about this WrestleCon is, there are some wrestlers that are going to be there in attendance that Granny does know personally, and I can't wait to see him again. <laughs> so yeah,
0: they're probably going
2: to have that. And there quest, and there's a lot of face. wrestlers that are going to be there that Granny has never met, that Granny would love to meet. So you know, I'm you know I I'm looking so forward to this opportunity, to this chance of a lifetime, to this dream that we have waited so long to do. And I tell you, I I wish I had a really good camera because all I have is the camera on my phone. I really wish I had a good digital camera where I could take some really decent pictures of this trip. But um, I tell you, I just, I am so, I'm, I I just, I just can't wait. I I am so excited about this. You know, Granny, you got up a good, you know what, you just,
0: you gave me a good idea. I thought of something while we were just now chatting. How about, you know, we find someone to especially make like a, a scrapbook, if you will, and then put like the print the pictures out from Walmart or at home and I could add my own scrapbook because I've got like a crap ton of programs and whatnot and uh, could just put that together and just make one big old scrapbook of WrestleMania thirty eight with the logo on the star on the front. Oh my god, this is gonna be great. I don't care if we're at night two and I'm hoping I'm hoping night two features I've heard rumors about this match. I'm excited for it. I don't care. Stone Cold Steve Austin and Kevin Owens. Holy Mm -hmm. crap. I'm just, I swear to God, when that glass shatters, ooh, the roof. I
2: I really, I really hope that's going to be night two. I really do. (laughs) I can't wait. I'm just like, just can't, I can't wait. So
0: I'm excited because we're going to have. A lot of fun, you know, teasing back and forth. Granny's going to be in the car. My grandfather's uh, Pontiac 5 and hope to God that thing is clean by the time I come home because I haven't really, you know, like I said, I'm really excited because I'm hoping to God Mother Nature doesn't do anything stupid off that day or doesn't do anything mean. Please, please prayers that Mother Nature don't throw out lottery numbers for weather. Please be. 72 degrees clear and sunny, you know, I know it's hoping against hope because lately we've been having weather all over the States. Like, uh, the movie, if you ever seen it, granny, if you haven't, Oh, well, the movie, the day after tomorrow, we've been having weather similar, but not quite as bad.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I mean, we had like, it, it started sleeting this morning. We're under a winter storm warning until six o'clock tomorrow night. We don't have any snow, but I've got about an inch of sleet out in my front yard and on the streets in Springdale. So, you know, they they say we might get some freezing rain tomorrow, but I'm really hoping that it just doesn't do that, you know. And, I mean, right now, you know, I was out earlier today. The streets weren't really bad when I was out, but I took my time. I didn't rush. I had an appointment I had to go to, and then I came back home, and I pretty much been hibernating all day. So, you know, and then Monday it's supposed to be back up in the 60s. So, come on, Mother Nature, you know, we've had winter. You know, I know the groundhog saw his shadow six more weeks of, you know, winter time. you know, okay, Phil, you saw your shadow. I'm... I don't like it really hot, but I don't I don't mind you know if it's gonna snow a little bit that's fine but I don't like the ice and I don't like the the freezing rain so you know if it's snowy I, I can I can get around in the snow pretty much if I have to get out but you know I just I want it to be nice weather for when we go to Texas for WrestleMania so you know
0: I just really throwing that we'll out do. there
2: Mother Nature so.
0: Yes, please don't give us lottery numbers anymore. Just be – I don't care if it's in the 50s. As long as the roadways are clear so I can get to my, good, you know, good friend, loyal friend, uh, Granny Hulkster, I will be happy as a clam. Um, also, Granny, you know what's funny? Is, <laughs> I've told you this story multiple times. When I started talking about you to other fans and the Miz's face just cracked a smile, I just, <laughs> I just started tracking you know, up uh, because.
2: Uh, uh, yeah. I, t- I tell you, Miss, if you're listen, if you're listening, Miss, if, if you listen to this show, or if you have the opportunity to get to hear this show, you know, yes, Granny may not think a lot of you right now, but I would still just like one time, one time, if I could possibly meet you, just, just so sure you one. can see what the real Granny Holkster looks like.
0: Oh, and just so you know, Ms., don't worry. I've got Granny's special leashes in a box.
2: <laughs> I don't get that bad, fans. I don't. I don't get that bad. Okay. He calls me a she. He calls me a she-wolf. I, you know, I, 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 I may talk smack to the heels. I may tell them, you know, when they tell me to sit down and shut up before I break a hip or, or don't you have a curfew at the nursing home? You know, I, 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 I kind of have to put the heels in their place. But I am respectable. I am, Ms., I am respectable, and I will be respectable to you. Just don't make Granny mad. But I do have to say one thing about Ms. and Maurice. They do have two very beautiful daughters. Their little girls are absolutely beautiful. So they do have beautiful daughters. I do have to say that about Ms. and Maurice. I may not like them as their character, but they do and I have watched a few episodes of Ms. and Mrs., you know, from time to time. And they do have two very beautiful daughters, Monroe and Madison. They're they're very beautiful daughters. So you do have two very beautiful daughters. Just don't make Granny mad. Okay? Just oh, you know, cool. and I will be very respect and I will be very respectable to you. I uh, granny, you
0: and I both agree, not that we care about wardrobe, but what the hell, Maurice? What the hell were you wearing at Royal Rumble, good lord? Girl, I don't, as, Bianca, I don't know. as Bianca Belair, as Bianca Belair says, girl, uh-uh, <laughs> you don't go here. I go here. I look, you know what? Fine. One of my friends just said, "Would you like to see Bianca Belair versus Maurice?' That, are you sure you want to see somebody stomp on somebody? I know Bianca Belair would take that hair, whip it around Maurice and be like, Mm -hmm. all right.
2: She would probably, she could probably tie Maurice up with her ponytail. (laughs) I just wonder how, you know, I would love to meet Bianca Belair because I think she's so amazing. She is so talented in the ring. I think she's so amazing, but I tell you, it really gets me every time how she is able to wrestle with that very long braided ponytail of hers. I don't know how she does it. So That's my hats off Young to Classic. you, Bianca. My my hats off to you, Bianca, because I mean I don't look good with long hair. That's why Granny wears her hair short. But I would never want my hair that long. But you know, to each their own. But I would love to meet. I would love to be able to meet Bianca Belair at least just once.
0: Granny, let me. Okay, so the May Young Classic, when <laughs> she wrestled Mercedes Martinez and also. I believe it was um I don't know if she wrestled Shayna Baszler I don't think she did wrestle her in NXT but uh Shayna and Sasha and others have learned if she gets that hair whipped around as a weapon it's going to leave a mark trust me mm-hmm. um I've seen like I don't know what hairspray you use girl but I don't know how but I think okay At the Royal Rumble, I will not stop laughing at this moment. I remember Bianca Belair and Naomi. Naomi used Bianca's hair as a fulcrum to get back inside the ring. I was Mm -hmm. dying laughing. Yep. Yeah. Uh, You know, I, okay, so, Marie. Please pick better ring wardrobe. I know you don't I know you haven't wrestled since two thousand eleven on a consistent basis. now you know she did remind me of sensational sherry, the French version, the way that she was, the way that she could handle her own and not afraid to get her hands dirty, and I compliment her on that, but I, I sorry, I just there are other more talented uh wrestlers out there. afka, where are you? That's another question I wanted to ask my my fans, you know. So, Oscar, where, where are Asuka?
2: you? <laughs> where is Oscar?
0: Cool. I'm wondering where that crazy loon is. I miss her. You know, Granny, I've been keeping my eye on some of NXT, and I know you popped in and saw a little bit of LA Knight and Grayson Waller. You got a kick out of it.
2: Oh, yeah, I did. I did. I, I thought it was absolutely hilarious, you know. I mean, I <laughs> – You know LA Knight definitely Put him in his place and told him You know what it was all about And of course Grayson wasn't Too hip over The idea that he couldn't uh, Get away with what he was trying To do but you know Hey (laughs) Just saying you know (laughs) It's
0: just uh, Wow that bossy lady background Still telling us when the time is over for the show But I think that uh what I'm going to close it out with is you're going to be seeing a lot of pictures of familiar faces from Wrestle Radio Network, uh, former co-hosts that will pop on from time to time if I have familiar guests that are familiar to her or big-name guests that would be working currently on getting so that the show can gain, oh, I don't know the word, credibility. Okay, we heard you, 60 seconds,
2: you bossy lady, you. Don't make granny <laughs> come in and hurt your technical-loving ass. Well, you know what? My one friend calls her Calls her um, on another podcast that I help with really quick. He calls her the salty British lady. She has 90 seconds. Is that for you, like
0: in a countdown <laughs> for a James Bond movie for crap sakes, lady? Like we have plenty of airtime to go off dead airtime. She's like, you have 30 seconds to the bomb
2: detonate. Well, thank you, B-Train, for letting me be a part of your podcast today, good. and thank you for letting me talk to Chandler. It was very enjoyable, very well-done interview on both of your parts. I really enjoyed getting to listen to that interview. Well,
0: I you know, now I want to meet Dude. I really want to meet and take a picture with him because he seems like a really nice guy.
2: He is. He is very awesome. He is absolutely amazing. I cannot say enough good things about Chandler Hopkins.
0: I hope to see him. You know what? Hey, Chandler, you should be in the mix. This is a shout-out to Tony Khan. Book this man for the TNT Championship. Maybe one day you can book you and see you against Hangman Page or Kenny Omega, whomever holds the AEW Championship. Book this young fella. He is mm-hmm. the bomb digger. Got a good professional attitude I want to see gold around your waist I don't care if fans are going to boo Or if they're going to cheer you You are an awesome person With a great personality I'm not just kissing ass I'm telling you like it is There's a lot of wrestlers I like And a lot of wrestlers Well some wrestlers I don't But on the real Tony I know you probably don't listen to shows But if you did Hypothetically speaking there's a young man by the name of Chandler Hopkins. Book him against Sammy Guevara for the T N T championship. I know I can't make that happen. I'm not a producer. I'm not a writer, but if I was, give this young man an opportunity because every wrestler deserves to get his shine. And Chandler, I think it's your time, brother. I really do.
2: Amen. All right. All
0: right folks, that'll do it for Wrestle Radio, uh, actually. Beyond the tracks, the sister show, official sister show of Wrestle Radio Network. And I just want to read a little disclaimer here and there just to get things out of formalities and, and legalities out of the way. So I'm gonna read this as best I can for you. So all right, the following content presented on this pro wrestling podcast, Wrestle Radio Network, and uh its sister show profile belongs to the owner. Brian Rails, you do not have permission to use, copy, reproduce the content from all episodes recorded and shared on social media. All, con- is, all content is protected by U.S. and international copyright laws. Reproduction and distribution without permission from the owner is strictly prohibited and can be punishable by law. Failure to comply will result in legal action taken. All rights reserved Wrestle Radio Network. And Beyond the Tracks 2022. All right, folks. Toodles. Uh, I love you, Granny. Thank you for joining me. Love you, too. You're welcome. Yes, I, I can. excited, ecstatic. There's not enough adjectives that Pat McAfee or myself could come up with. But, again, Tony, book that young man or Granny and I will, you know, give you the evil eye. All right? All right? You heard it first. We give you the evil eye means you're going to be seeing us in your nightmares, all right? <laughs> He's like, Good I Good night, know. everyone. Good night, toodles. Uh, if you didn't like what we said, then I got three choice words for you. It's old school. Forget about it. Night. Look in my What do you see? The of night. A cult personality, a cult personality